Hello everyone, welcome to another talk. Uh, we're going to work um, on intervals today, talk about that. So um, some of the um, fundamental uh, building blocks of what we can work on. Change up my tone up, or change my tone up a little bit. adjust the angle here. So I had a question about um, about this um, performer stand, this uh, guitar stand, and uh, for someone asking me about um, about it, and um, you know I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, especially if you're spending a lot of time on the instrument. So I don't use the um, performer stand exclusively, but um, I do use it uh, pretty often here. So uh... all right, so. So intervals, um, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we need to um, think about distances, basically. And the smallest distances, just like the guitar is laid out, um, smallest distances are um, the half step and, and the whole step. So the half step, as we know in the key of uh, of C anyway, B to C, E to F. All right, and then the whole steps are basically two half steps. So really, the the half step is the smallest uh, building block of what we talk about. Now there are, there can be some semitone kind of things um, happening, but. Um, for, but for the most part, we're just kind of talking about how they might lay out on a piano or something like that. So no bending for this. So the whole step on guitar is pretty clear because we have two frets, right? Okay. So it tells us uh, an interval um, distance. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be um, referencing uh, Dan Hurley's book. The jazz language a lot on this talk. So if you um, want to take that book out, I've got a um, link to that in the description. You can help out the channel by uh, checking it out through that link. Okay. Um, so there are two basic types of intervals um, ones that are melodic, that kind of happen. You know, say over time. Okay, and others that might be stacked vertically basically happen at the same time. Okay, 
and then they harmonize. So we have melodic intervals and harmonic intervals. Okay. And we can relate them to the um, minor or um, uh, major scales. Right. So if we have a C major scale. series of steps, holes, and halves. So we have whole, whole, half, whole, 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 half. Okay? Um, and then we start maybe moving within that. So whole, two holes, that's going to be a major third. And a whole and a half will be a minor third. So you can go through and you know kind of check all of those intervals for uh, what we have. So C major there. So uh, major, minor, minor, major, major, minor, minor, major. Okay. And we can also think about it in minor. So let's say the natural minor scale. So we have whole, half, whole, whole, half, whole, whole. Okay. And we can think about, about all that. Um, right? And then you could basically take the, whatever, the let's say the root note, or start really at any spot, and that kind of gets you into the modes, but um, start from any note and see if you could identify the interval. So. So that's a, a whole step, major second, major third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, major six, major seven, and then the octave. And then think about how many steps there are. You know, is there whole steps, two whole steps, um, and all and all of that, and then do that. Um, do that all with um, with the um, uh, combining combining those and maybe you know different combinations. So, for example, starting on the D, you know, so or whole minor third or major second, I should say uh, minor third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, major six, minor seven, and uh, root. So going through all those uh, different combinations there. All right, so um, let me do a little um, plan here um, just to get us rolling.
Okay, so um, so let's let's take some some ideas of how I might think about intervals um, and how they might be um, you know uh, relayed on a um, on a staff, right? So so generally, generally um, a whole step would be either starting on a space and going to the next line on the staff. Or, or it could be um, starting on a line and going to the next space on the staff. So it sort of depends on, on where where it lays up and, um, and uh, you know, assuming assuming that you're reading treble clef. Um, so, but ledger lines and all that included. So, um, so you get that, and then uh, the major thirds, or even minor thirds. Um, those typically either the next line or the next space. Um, so, so that's where, you know, if you have a certain type of interval, it should really fall into that um, kind of uh, kind of category when you're when you're writing it out. So um, so perfect fourth, you know, for example, we should be up above um, uh, so either uh, if you're starting on a line, then you would go up to not the next space, but the space over from that, for example. So it's important to um, spell those out um, uh, correctly. And you know, if you just kind of build a, a scale, write that out, um, you'll end up seeing how all that ends up working. So I'd recommend doing that. Um, so one of my teachers who I, I, I talk a fair, about, a fair amount about, because he was a pretty good big influence on me, um, Walter Namath, um, he, he would always talk about the importance of writing, you know, actually getting a pencil out and writing something down. Um, so, um, so I think that's, I think that's true. So, um, you know, take a moment to kind of write out the scales and all that. So let's talk about, um, so we have these major minor kind of intervals. So those are, you know, typically the whole steps, so, so the major, major and so minor seconds, um, the minor and major thirds, okay, we have the minor and major sixths, and then we have the um, minor and major sevenths. So those intervals, which you could break up into basically the um, the whole steps and the and the thirds, um, because the um, the sixths are, are kind of the inverse, right, of the thirds. Um, so anything kind of within that range, so anything above a perfect fifth or below a perfect fourth, 
kind of falls into that major whole minor convention of talking about it. Um, and then when it comes to fourths and fifths, they're they're um, called perfect. Okay, so that's an example of a perfect fourth. So a perfect fourth on guitar is um, one one fret to a, a different string. That's one way of doing it anyway. And then when you get to strings uh, three and two, then you're one, f one fret over. So it's either same fret on most strings, you would have that interval, or a different fret, or one fret over between the strings uh, two and three. Um, and that's just standard tuning how that all works. Okay, and then we have the perfect fifth, which is really kind of the inverse of the perfect fourth. Okay, so we get the perfect fifth, and then the perfect fourth is kind of the inverse of the perfect fifth. What I mean by that is if you went to, went up to the octave, C, if we played two C's, um, and we went, up, up a fourth, in order to get back to C an octave higher, you'd have to go up a fifth, right? So down from C, you'd have a perfect fifth. Up from C, you'd have a perfect fourth. So G, um, C to G, up a perfect fifth, down a perfect fourth from C. So the direction matters. All right, so those are talked about as perfect. Perfect fourth, perfect fifth. And then you can have diminished or augmented for for those. Um, and you can also have an augmented second. But um, So some of those conventions um, can be useful in certain circumstances. But for the most part, um, like so fifth, if it's lowered, then you say, okay, that's a diminished fifth because it's lowered. It's lower than the perfect fifth. Okay. So with the um, perfect fourth, okay. Now, if it, we had a little bit of a talk about this um, when we talked about super Locrian. Um, so check that talk out if you haven't already. Um, so if we have that super Locrian, technically, you know, spelling out that scale, this is a um, diminished fourth. Because if we're spelling that out, that is the, the fourth of that scale. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that, but for the most part, you're going to be thinking about either diminished fifth or augmented fourth diminished fifth or augmented fourth okay and we could also have an augmented fifth okay so those are some of the naming uh, conventions and a lot of how things are spelled out it kind of depends on the context of of the music okay so um, but in general like I was saying if you have, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll just take a take a look at at what they're saying, what just to kind of spell this out. So 
you know, if you have a, a second of some kind, right, then you would have a line and then a space. If you have a third of some kind, you'd have a, um, a line and then a line. So I refer to this book a little bit. Um, so, so he says that each interval has a separate and unique expressive quality to it. And yeah, so um, you know when you think about beginnings of songs, maybe or um, or how you know something happens, you know, say an octave, you know, that might be kind of whimsical or dreamy, you know, somewhere over the rainbow, something like that. Or um, the perfect fifth, it might have a f certain feeling of, of being triumphant or overcoming some hardship, you know. Okay, so so there are these certain certain effects. Now the uh, minor six, you know, has sort of a melancholy sort of sound to it, and it wants to drift down. You know, so there are just certain um, tendencies and qualities to to certain intervals. So I'm do maybe a little more uh, playing here, and um, so I was playing a little over the changes of um, Stella by Starlight. And uh, so um, maybe I'll do something a little different. Um, so we were talking about doing um, All Things You Are, so maybe I'll play a little bit on that. And I didn't end up doing a lot on that tune, but um, maybe we'll pick that one out next, next month. And let me know what you're interested in, too. So. Thank you. 
So when you're improvising, or when one is improvising, uh, we could think about these um, intervals and think about the um, consonance or dissonance uh, level of um, of those tones. Right? Um, so you might think of, of them in terms of uh, stability um, or instability, or just um, kind of how they have that certain um, sound to them. So let's look at some consonant sort of intervals, the major third. And maybe not surprising, the major um, six. Okay, the minor third. Minor six. Perfect fourth. Perfect fifth. I'm going kind of in the order that is uh, talked about. And this is, so this could be somewhat subjective. But, um, major second. Minor seven. Should probably do these in the key that it's written in. Um, and then we're going to have a minor second, major seven, and then minor nine. So he kind of puts that on that um, whole spectrum. Okay. Um, and then he's kind of talking about um, uh, inversions, which we kind of touched on already. And, um, and intervals above, um, above the octave. So these really help us to form the, um, the um, things that, that come out later, like um, um, uh, chords, triads, um, and all sorts of different uh, elements like that. So here's an example. Um, so if we have um, just take a quick little break here.
Okay, everybody. So, um, so when you're working on, um, let's say, all the things you are, or um, Stella by Starlight, then um, you have certain intervals that are going to, you know, work in different ways. So you like. So one thing I did there was I, um, just now, I mean, um, thinking F minor. So we have a series of steps, right? So whole, half, whole, whole. I'm playing a minor third now. And what that does is kind of, it also, it for a couple, couple of things here, it, I have this note as a chord tone coming up in the next chord, right? So I might not want to play that right away. And so if I want to avoid that, then I might play a minor third. Also, it's going to have the effect of encircling the, that note, right? So. Right. So so we can be aware of these intervals and how or what the context is for for the tune and so try you can try to write a little bit of a line maybe like a little improvisation on that um, also just for spelling out chord chords which is going to be kind of the next thing in that in that tune in that book anyway uh, so there's a point where it goes to E major, and then we get this augmented kind of triad. Well, we heard this word earlier, so if it's augmented, then it has a raised fifth, and then it has a dominant seven. So this is one of the chords that we talked about um, with uh, uh, with the skill builders series, right? And then you can decide different ways you might want to fill that in. You know, so. Or um, so quite a quite a few number of ways of of maybe filling all that in and working through that so it's very important um, and then also just spelling chords spelling scales uh, really the building blocks of what we're working on there um, so um, I'll play another tune here and, um, and then we'll call it a day for today
Okay, everyone. Well, thanks for checking out this uh, live stream. Hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you all in the next one.